0: Guys, it has finally happened. The Average Money podcast has come to fruition. I am known amongst my friends as being the fun forcer, and I finally got my good buddy JJ Buckner to sit down with me. We're gonna talk money for you and with you every single week. This week we're gonna talk about just the basics, why financial literacy is so important, the goals and sacrifices that we had to make to get there, a little bit of our backstory and our origin story for those that don't know who we are, and things that you can expect every single week from us. My name is Brad Finn, and I am joined with the one and only JJ Buckner. JJ, how are you, buddy?
1: Dude, I'm excited, man. Like I'm this is a new venture. This is something to have another creative outlet on. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm so excited for the guests that we already have lined up on this podcast. Some big names, you know, I'm. it's, it's going to be fun, dude. I'm, I'm excited to really just relax. Talk about something that I know you and I, and also the guests we'll have on here are both very passionate about, but also it's, it's going to be nice to just have this like cool, relaxed, calm conversation we're gonna crack open some brewskis. Oh, we're drinking. You know, we're, dr- we're drinking. I'm drinking. Oh, are you drinking? I'll have a beer. I got. Oh, let's I got, crack
0: one open, I got dude.
1: I got crack open a cold one. Let's relax, guys. If you're listening, crack you're, open a cold one with us. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Tonight, I'm drinking a good old fashioned Bud Light. Dude, what about you?
0: I got a Dubco beer from right here, and it has my face on it because they Look ma- they you ma- got a mow it. Yeah. <laughs> They um, I said a minute ago, amongst my friends, I am known as Funforcer. So they, uh for those watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. Yep, they put my face right there on the label. And let's go. Let's, let's. Dude, the
1: glasses are slick too. By the way,
0: we were gonna try and like get them for the real picture, but those things are expensive. Cheers, buddy. Welcome to this.
1: Cheers and cheers, whoever's drinking with us too. Let's uh, I think let's get this thing kicked off.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 awesome to think, and I I really this really just stemmed from our regular conversations and me and you talk often about money and we're kind of an outlet mm-hmm. for each other when our wives don't want to hear about money anymore. And I think yeah. so many people were saying to me like, man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall of that conversation. Or my and my wife saying, somebody needs to hear you guys talking about that. I was like, all right, let, let's, let's
1: record and see what happens. And here's the crazy part too, about this, Brad is like, you and I have actually never even met in real life. Like how crazy is that? That we live in a day of age where we can build such. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like we've built such a good, tight relationship because one, I like to surround myself with people who have the same interest as I do in goals and goals and aspirations in life. You know, it, there's a saying out there I can't remember off the top of my head. But like, surround the people who surround you is going to be like your your net worth or. I,
0: your network is your net worth.
1: There you go. That's why <laughs> I like you. guys. <laughs> but uh, no, man, for real, dude, like, I- I'm so excited to, to start this new, this new venture, see where it goes. But it's just insane that we haven't even met, but we've built a pretty solid relationship just because in friendship of having the same interest of-, of, and goals and aspirations, you know, in life.
0: It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I mean, you among others. It's crazy how we've created like this little, this little bubble. And mm-hmm. I said, I I've been trying to get you to do this for a while, and <laughs> it's it's this is going to be coming out. We're recording this before it actually comes out. But you had a pretty big week this week, you know. And uh, I think it's worth starting at least from the beginning, and then maybe I mean starting from the end, and then going back to the beginning right, because. Right this was able to happen because you just freed up a little bit of time in your life. You, you are under 30 years, you are under 30 years old and you just quit your day job.
1: Dude. It's honestly like it's, so this is my first week of no longer having a boss, no longer having a nine to five. You know, I am, I am my own boss. I'm in charge of bringing in that, that paycheck. And it still feels surreal to me. Like, Waking up this morning, I went to the gym, came back, and my son woke up out of bed early, and he saw me sitting at the at the kitchen table eating breakfast. So I was getting ready to go upstairs to, to work on some YouTube stuff, and he peeked his head out the window or out the uh, out the door, and I saw him. I was like, Mason, what are you doing, man? He was not supposed to be up as early as he was, and I was like, well, dad's already up. I don't have to get to work real quick because usually I'd have to say, dude, yeah, go back to bed. Right. You know, mom and Millie are still asleep. I was able to have him come out of his room. We were able to play. I made him breakfast, and I got to just say, "Okay, well, my morning routine got switched up a little bit, but that's okay because I have the whole rest of the day to choose what I need to do." It's amazing, man. It's it's literally the best feeling besides my kids being boring. Being boring, oh, your kids. <laughs> well, sorry, <laughs> Mason. Oh, gee, sorry, guys. No, sorry sorry.
0: Mason. You are <laughs> Mason. You are not boring, buddy. You are not boring.
1: And besides my kids being born and my wife walking down the aisle, honestly, the the best moment in my life was being able to quit my job and and go full time at, at my true passion. and that's creating content and helping people become better financially
0: Now, on that road, like, that I, I can't fathom it too, because I'm a little bit older than you as well. But I think as far as the timelines of like w- what we had going on in our lives, like, I think we, we started our financial journey past a little bit different. Yours is kind of like college. Like you've always told me in our conversations that you've always been a pretty good saver. You've always mm-hmm. lived a somewhat frugal lifestyle. But you know, when did you realize how important like, financial literacy was? Or even if you didn't know, it was financial literacy. Like how, when did you realize that you needed to start being good with money?
1: So you, you did, you did say that I was always kind of that natural saver, which is true. You know, I remember even being like in high school, 14, 15 years old, you know, I'd get paid in cash for doing a side job or mowing somebody's lawn or whatever. And I was that guy who would like have the $20 bill and like make sure it's all straightened out and put it in my envelope and set it in my closet and save it till I was going to buy my big purchase of like my car when I turned 16 or whatever it may be. But honestly, like the real journey to like understanding personal finance, investing and what to do with your money started whenever I graduated from college. Right. Now, looking on the outside in, guys, I had, I think what people would think, like the dream life or, you know, it would look like I don't want to say that I'm not trying to sound conceited, but it. I followed the typical rules of society. You know, I graduated high school. I went to a prestigious, you know, local, but prestigious engineering school. I graduated with a, got a, a good job at a prestigious engineering firm and, and, you know, an international engineering firm. And like I said, looking on the outside in, it would have looked like I made it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the dream job. I was getting married, working that nine to five, whatever. You know, it was good. But it's, I'm, t- I'm not lying to you. The first week of work, I literally, I, cu- I couldn't. I knew that was not for me. I was looking at the management above me who were 20, 30 years ahead of. That's where, you know, that's kind of the role I was going to take on if I would have stuck with this company. And I'm like, there's no way I could do that. If I would have stuck around there and followed that path, I would have been just, it would have crushed me. Right. Looking at them, looking how they looked and the lifestyle they had was not how I wanted to live out my life. And honestly, that is what kind of led me to looking into how to pay off my student loans. Now that I had this big boy check, what was I going to do with this money? Right. You know, what what were those next steps to do? Because I wanted to make sure me being that natural saver that I was doing everything I could to take full advantage of the amount of money that I was making. That kind of led me into finding Dave Ramsey, which led me down the rabbit hole of, you know, personal finance and investing. And then I found out about the fire movement, which all of this we'll be talking about on future podcasts. Right. But, but still, like that's kind of where all of this passion and fire steams from is graduating, getting that nine to five job, working in the cubicle and realizing I cannot do this the rest of my life. There's just no way.
0: I mean, I have a similar story that, like that, but I, the one question I keep asking myself and, and my buddies ask me as well, I feel like a lot of people go through that. A lot of people are sitting down and they're like, this is not for me. And my buddies flat out ask me like, Brad, what made you different? Than me, Like right. I hate my job and I just hate it. You hated your job and you were just drawn to the internet, found Dave Ramsey, changed your lifestyle completely because I wasn't a saver by any means. I was a spender. And I always considered to be like, I always had the mindset of, I make so much money I can never run out. And Mm. the fact of the matter was here on Long Island, what I was doing, I had a side business. I had a house, I had kids, I had wife, I had brand new cars. Like there was, I was bringing in close to $175,000 a year by myself. And then when my wife's income, I was like, there's no way I could be running out of money. And that's, I didn't know about lifestyle creep and I didn't know about things like that. And I think there's, it sounds like it's easier said than done to say, I hate my job. I'm going to go and do that. And like, what do you think was the, re- like, how did, how did your, your YouTube channel, for example, like what made you sit down and record a video?
1: My wife. Really? Plain and simple.
0: My wife didn't know about my channel for like six months. She's like, <laughs> wait, you're on YouTube?
1: <laughs> That's awesome. No, man. Like I was just having that burning passion and desire to not only learn and absorb as much information as I could, because I literally had just a it was killing me inside to have to go to that job every single day. So I was like, I am literally going to learn as much as I can and do whatever I can with this money. I have at my dispose to go into investments or whatever. So with that, I had new goals every single night, every single night laying in bed with my wife. I'm saying, okay, babe, this is our next big thing. Next week, we're going to move the savings here. We're going to take the savings and we're going to pay this off. After that's paid off, we're going to turn around. We're going to do this with our money. And after a, few months of doing that she's like babe i love you but you have got to find an outlet i cannot take this anymore (laughs) so (laughs) while all that was going on i was i was a watcher i was a viewer of youtube at that time right so i saw like a few other small like a few other financial youtubers who are now like just legends big shots but at the time yes but at the time they were they were relatively small i mean honestly they're kind of where i'm at now Mm -hmm. so that is kind of really what took me to hop on youtube is just to have that creative outlet to be able to express my opinions my views and kind of also my thoughts and to share my journey because i knew there was other individuals out there like me after being on the internet and you know reading the reddit posts and listening to the podcast and seeing all these average individuals yeah who were really kicking ass with money and and to be honest brad correct me if i'm wrong isn't that kind of what stemmed this whole name of our YouTube yeah. or our YouTube or of our podcast, I mean, average money. People need to know
0: that <laughs> naming a podcast is the so hard. Thing. <laughs> and dude, we went on YouTube, we went on mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and then it just came down to like, maybe I think we were trying to hard. we were trying to make ourselves something we weren't. And I think we were sitting like, how do we make a name for a bunch of just average dudes that want to talk about money and tell their average story? And we're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, I think it's the engineer in us because I engineering background as well. And Mm -hmm. I almost treated it as like a game, a puzzle, a motor that needed to be built, you know, and how can I take what I have? What are the parts and the pieces that I have that are going to make this run? And my wife is same exact. We have very similar stories when it comes to our wives because <laughs> my wife she is a math person. She she like she knows numbers, but she also knows that like I'll figure it out. And she was the one that was whispering in my ear all the time, Brad, we're running out of money, man. Lifestyle creep. And I'm like, come on, get out of my face with that. And it wasn't until we really ran out that that I had to start listening to her. But then when I went full bore, same thing with the she was like, You need you need a friend. You need to talk to somebody yeah, about yep. this because I'm sitting down and I'm like, you wouldn't believe what the seven baby steps are. Let me tell you the difference mm-hmm. between the debt snowball and the debt avalanche and we can do this. Like, right? And she was like, uh, can I retire yet? And I'm like, no. She's like, are we are we paying off debt and are we succeeding with money? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, just you can sit down and fill me in when, when we're not winning with money again. And obviously over the last three years, my YouTube channel is coming up on three years is – you know, she's learned a lot, but it's, it doesn't fire her up like it does for me.
1: Well, let me ask you then. So you said you were like kind of you weren't the natural saver. You're kind of the free spirit, the spender. You thought you had money coming in so you, you could spend it, which I think a lot of people who live in society nowadays are are probably aligned more with your story, you know, than mine. I think that's just natural. I really do. So, I mean, really, what made you pivot from being that natural spender to saying, okay, wow, I really need to get my finances in check to where you are now kicking ass with money.
0: I think, I think it was, it was like a little bit of embarrassment and shame.
1: Really? This was
0: before my daughter was born and we didn't have that conversation. Like we need to clean up money because we want to have kids one day. Like As far as we were concerned, we checked all the major boxes that people need to check. We both had full-time careers with benefits, and we were tenure and protected in our teaching professions. We both were driving cars that were reliable and great. We had bought a house. We were married. We went on our honeymoon. We really didn't see any major expenses, but it was just the aha moment of realizing, wow, I have these two jobs. Both of us have $100,000 plus salaries. At the time, I had just sold a business for a substantial amount of money, which a lot of it went into flipping my next business, which we'll get to. But then we had all this stuff and I had a negative net worth. So I, I was like, Who, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fake person. I, I take my integrity and I take my genuineness very seriously. And I felt like a fraud. I felt like when my friends came over and they're like, "Wow, man, nice house." I'm like, that it I never thought before well the bank owns it. Or when they're like, "Brad, man, you you have the first gen 3 Tacoma that's hit Long Island." And I'm like, "Yeah." And now I was like, "Yeah, but I paid so much money for that when I probably shouldn't have." Mm-hmm. And things just started to come into perspective. Now, 6 months later when my daughter was born, Boom. That was it for that was the major pivot because my father was ill and this was a dude that worked his butt off his entire life and t- spoiled us, treated us like gold, but died with nothing. I'm living in the house. I'm, I'm sitting in my bedroom that I slept in as a teenager. That's now my downstairs basement. And my dad had this house for 35 years when he passed away. It still had one hundred and ninety thousand dollars on it. And he owned it for over 30 years. So I think that was the major pivot point was Mm -hmm. just the embarrassment of shame of feeling like I wasn't doing the right thing. And I always wanted to do the right thing. And knowing when my daughter was born that I wasn't going to be the guy that passed away. And it's not about like leaving my kids with money because I don't think that people seek an inheritance when people pass away. That's not what I'm trying to get to, but that, you know, they deserve to get something for putting up with me for all those years.
1: (laughs) Well, it's also a legacy you're leaving. You know what I mean? Like I think is I think it's huge. I mean, everyone's always kinda like, what's the meaning of life? But to be honest, I think your legacy is everything. And I want the same way like you just mentioned, I want to leave a legacy for my family. And we always talk about, you know, we do this for a certain reason. And I think kids have definitely a, a total new perspective in life once you have kids, because you have to take on that parent role and you're now the main provider. So you want to look into all these different ways to where you can grow your net worth and create a legacy for your kids, your kids as kids, and God, hopefully your kids as kids as kids, kids. You know what I mean? Like if right. you can become that, I mean that'd be perfect. That's yeah. ideal. Yeah. So you said then that you you really noticed it once you found out your net worth was negative. Yeah. That's something that's very interesting to me because. I am an individual, my wife and I track our net worth every single month. And I think that's very important for every single person to do because it keeps you motivated. It's almost like a game. You know, you want to see, oh, am I going to be up this month? How much did I increase my net worth? My average percentage, you know, let's say I'm getting an average percent of 3% increase every single month. Let's try and hit five. You know, it's pretty cool. So you're saying the big thing was, you know, your kids and and understanding all that. But also once you saw your net worth was, was truly negative when you thought you made it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a science guy, so numbers and data mean something. Mm-hmm. Nothing is achievable if it's not measurable to me. And that's something I live by. And I am I can dabble in the sports, but I'm not really a big sports guy. But for me, my net worth was always a scoreboard. And it was always something for me to fall back on. When I was paying off debt, paying off debt is the worst. Especially, I, I had like $190,000 worth of debt. And I had a long, long journey. And there were some months where the tax return check came in or I picked up overtime or got some coaching gigs and I was able to really knock it down. I really felt like big and strong. But there was other months that were crappy. But even on those crappy months, even when I paid my minimums and I didn't have any extra money to pay on top of my debt snowball, the net worth still went up. So the net worth, it wasn't about like having another metric. It was actually there as almost like a safety blanket for my psyche. When the debt payments weren't working out in my favor. I was able to look at that because when you pay $1 of debt your net worth goes up. Mm-hmm. So when I got caught up in I have to attack attack gazelle intense and then something happened or it was summer where I don't get paid and I'm used to paying $6,000 every month to debt and it drops down to 3 well that was making me feel like almost like a failure like oh I'm not I'm not a I'm not a severe Dave Ramsey guy but my net worth was still going up three thousand every month as I paid those debts, and that was that was the thing that was really important. And I think that's the like the hidden thing with the net worth that not a lot of people see is it can get you out of those dark times when you're paying off debt.
1: Hundred percent agree with that. A hundred percent.
0: I used to track it monthly. Now I tr- I think I track it quarterly. Only because there's not that much swings going on right now, and also too, I I, tr- I focus my my money talks and my money conversations with myself in other areas. But you got, I feel like anybody, it even if before you start to get out of debt, like I said, that was the aha moment for me. You know, that was that was the that was the springboard because you tell somebody to get out of debt that nobody wants to pay off debt. They, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, everyone's like, how do I invest a thousand dollars? We'll pay off your debt first. They don't want right. to hear that. It's
1: right, right. <laughs>
0: so if you start the conversation with, well, let's just see where your net worth's at. And a lot of time people have no idea. If, if you would have told me to roll the dice in and guess what my net worth was, there's no shot. I mean, I'm not going to say I was, I would have said I was a millionaire, but there's mm-hmm. no shot. I would have said I was a minus $50,000. And they owned a house or the bank really owned it. And I had to, like, there's no way. So I, I don't I don't think people should do it to slap themselves in the face, but it's a good picture. I think there's a lot of people, too, that if they don't know their net worth and they find their net worth, they might be excited. Like, okay, well, well this is a good, it's not always a bad thing. It doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be a bad thing.
1: That just goes to show the power of actually writing down or, or however you track your stuff, you know, writing down spreadsheets, you know, using that app, whatever that may be that just goes to show the power of actually seeing the numbers in front of you. And the same thing with a budget, you know, and we'll get into that in future episodes, but that goes with budgeting as well. You know what I mean? When you actually write down the numbers and I actually get this question all the time of like personal friends and family, like JJ, you know, give me some advice. What do I need to do? I said, let me, first question I ask everyone is, do you create a budget? Do you have a budget? And I would say nine out of 10 times, they say either no or kind of, (laughs) so no, (laughs) no, they don't. But uh, I said, no, honestly, when you actually write down everything, all of your expenses and you put them in a category, I said, your mind is going to be blown. You're going to see how much you truly spent on groceries. You're going to see how much you really spent out on those bars, going out to eat, just thinking you're going to have a couple beers. Well, throughout the course of the month, all of that stuff adds up so much.
0: And it's not to knock people down. I mm-hmm. like that's it. I get like my friends, they think I'm like trying to shame them. They'll be like, oh, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm like, listen, listen. Like, I used to think that I was not spending a lot of money on stuff. And budgets are not to, I love looking at my budget now and being like, look at all the money I have to spend. Like, budgets are not restrictive. And I know some people hate them. And I really don't like, budget per se, but now it's been three years. But for the first six months, eight months, that was my lifeline. I did it monthly or weekly even. And Mm -hmm. it's not to be restrictive, but it's, it's so it's just, you got to let people know because they want to get, they want to put the cart before the horse. And I think it's back to the average. Like it's very simple. This does not have to be complicated. It really doesn't. And you make a great point. Like know what you're spending money on. How many of us, myself included, or have ever said to themselves, man, where, where the hell did all that money go? Where did all my money go? And it's like, well, the simple answer, that doesn't need to be this mythological, magical thing that you see at a Vegas show. It's, Your your money. All you have to do is go into your bank account and look. We don't live on Mm -hmm. we don't live with cash anymore, unless you're doing weird things. Like it's (laughs) it's really easy to find out where your money went these days, and it's even easier to download them to a spreadsheet and just sort them out. And not to feel bad about yourself, but just to learn. Everybody starts at zero, right?
1: Yep. And even if you don't use spreadsheets, writing it down on a piece of paper, doing it old school, baby. I mean, even that works.
0: You know, some some things don't need fixing, and, and a
1: hundred percent,
0: and a little bit of napkins. And th- I've gotten myself into more trouble. Like Tyra, did you see? Did you see that napkin with the? She's like with with Avery's mac and cheese on it. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I need that. <laughs> I, I, I threw that out. She's like, oh, you threw that out. That was my next mind blowing idea that I got <laughs> on. <a napkin." laughs> No, nah, it, it, dude, it's it's unbelievable. And you talk about your friends and your family. And I think there's the one thing that the kids really helped me with too was to understand that before I was having a little bit of trouble with money because I was unwilling to make sacrifices because it was going to affect my life. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to not go on vacation because vacations are fun AF. And And I didn't want to not go out to eat and go to the bars. But then when those little ones come around – you know, it became easier. And I think that the sacrifice part and the sacrifices that you make, not even to live a frugal lifestyle, but going from two vacations to one a year, going from eating out once a month, uh, twice a month to once a month, these are the things that people can do now to really, really compound later. Like my kids aren't going to remember now at their age of two and 10 months, 11 months that we didn't go on a lot of vacations. So my goal is suck it up, Brad. Like don't go on vacations for six years, eight years. When your daughter's 10 years old, play your cards right. And you're going to take that girl wherever she wants to go.
1: I think that's also one of the biggest things that's something is very important for people to understand is the amount of sacrifice that it takes to hit your goals. If you really want to do some big things with money, you know, I mean, for example, like I'm, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. horn too JJ,
0: it's your show, man. No, nah,
1: <laughs> no, seriously though, dude. Like, I mean, I'm able to get up now, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, like have breakfast with my son, just me and him sitting at the kitchen table, no rush, no worries in the world. But that that came with so much. What's the word I'm looking for? So many things I had to miss out on, Right. and so many things I had to work through to get to that point that i think that withholding that short-term gratification and going to do maybe that one thing you really want to do Mm -hmm. could have a huge play because i mean to be honest dave ramsey says the best live like no one else so later you can live like no one else and by god i'm doing that right now i'm the i'm and it it feels amazing it feels amazing
0: and you knew it would be like that, right? So like as a teacher, I mean, full disclosure, everyone thinks we work part-time jobs anyway. And I was <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you the other day when you're like, Man, I, I can't believe this is gonna be the first Sunday night where I'm excited to get up for work. And I'm like, JJ, I haven't gotten up for quote work since March. And I think the you knew that you were making it for like the right reasons. And I, I, I can't even imagine what it's been like for you. Cause I mean, th- these are crappy times we're living in COVID and I, I try and make the best of everything. And I have a young kid, you have a young child. And for me, you know, not being in schools and things like that, I'm going to look back and remember this as the time I got to spend the the critical stages of life with my son. You know, like I missed my daughter's first steps cause she was at daycare. I didn't, you know, I'm not going to miss that with my son. And I, I told you, I was like, come on, man, at least sleep in, but you, you're a workhorse, man. But I, what was the best part I have two questions for you that actually just came to the top of my head that I'm very curious when I ask people that work the traditional nine to five, what was the best part about this past week? Cause I mean, so you right now we're filming this on a Thursday or it's Wednesday. I don't even know what it's Wednesday. Wednesday. I don't know what day yeah, it know, is. Right? So it's Wednesday. <laughs> You've been retired. Like what's been the best part of three days. And my other question that I'm really curious selfishly about is since you started your traditional nine to five, what's the most amount of days off in a row that you've had?
1: Oh, okay. Two, two good questions. So the first one, there's probably two things. The first question being like, what are the two most, two things that I like enjoyed most? Yeah. The first one being being able to kind of like, you know, let's say I'm up here working upstairs right? and I know my wife, daughter and son are downstairs and they're going to go outside or they're going to do whatever. If I want to take an, two-hour lunch or a three-hour lunch and just go downstairs eat with them you know go throw the ball with my son or you know chase him around the backyard or do whatever that right there like that is worth a million bucks to me so that is by far the number one like my most favorite thing about this new switch of lifestyle that i have is just the freedom to kind of choose what i want to do and when i want to do it Mm -hmm. because they go to bed around eight o'clock so i'm like well i'll just go up at eight o'clock and just do what i need to do and you know and just kind of get that stuff done then and just spend the time with them now especially on the day like we had today it was beautiful outside
0: right
1: second thing is is something that i have lacked in a lot these past two years and that is myself my physical self so growing up in college, you know, I was always a, you know, gym goer. I loved working out. It was just, it was a, it was another passion of mine. And as I'm grinding on my nine to five, as I'm grinding in my side hustle, which is now my full-time gig, you gotta, you gotta let go of some things to free up some time to focus elsewhere. And that thing for me was working out. I completely just, I stopped doing it because I was like, if I really want to get to where I want to go Working out is just it's got to be put on the back burner. Now, I know some people may disagree with that and say your health needs to be your number one most important thing, which I, I believe in. I i get it. But here's the thing. Knowing that I could grind to get where I wanted to be, where I am now, I don't regret it one bit. But now I'm ready to go tenfold as hard as I can to get back into the shape and turn 30 being in better shape than i was you know 21 year old jj yeah. <laughs> so i mean <laughs> those are the two things that i think is is like the biggest the freedom of time just to go do whatever i want and it's funny i, I gotta i gotta tell the story real quick
0: no go it's your show
1: my boss this felt so good me and him are really good friends you know we had he's like a little older than i am which he's your former boss my former boss there you <laughs> thank you for that my former boss uh, I mean, he's he's in his younger 30s, so he and they they run a multi million dollar construction company. Honestly, they may be pretty cool to have on the podcast, to be honest. But one day, him and I got into it, and we were typical construction argument. We were yelling, cussing back and forth at each other because I was showing up plate. And I was showing up late because I was doing work at night too. I I, you know, I got client phone, you know, ringing my phone all the time at night, so like I didn't think it was a big deal to show up half hour late, or whatever. Well, he, he he didn't think so. So (laughs) my last day that I had of my job, I said, I was like, Tim, I was like, "Yo, man, I said, you can't yell at me anymore for being late. You can go suck it. (laughs) It felt so good. It felt so good. And like like I said, me and Tim, like we're tired. We're friends. He got a kick out of it. He understood where I was coming from because he's his own boss, too. So he totally gets it. But it was just so cool. To like turn that back around and be like, yeah, you can shove it, you know what I mean? So, no, dude, it felt good. I mean, that was like the big. That was those two really though is a freedom and a, and working out and getting back in good physical shape is what I'm looking forward to most. You know,
0: people talk about where they they say that's like the f you money when you can tell your boss, oh. Oh, and that's a real life example, and it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm ever gonna to want to get to that point where I, I know you're just busting chops, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. I think my favorite part of like summer break was for me, the mornings are always so hectic, and they're always like, get up, get the kids to daycare. Who's changed? Who's who's got this going on? Who's got? And summer, I was always able to drink my coffee slow, and. I like. Oh, I love I, that. I don't do like the pour over, but I like I like a nice French press from here to there. Mm-hmm. And when you're working nine to five, you don't have time to make a ten, twelve minute French press. You got kids climbing on you, this, that, and the other thing. And I remember like one of my favorite things about summer. And well, I've been on summer since March thirteenth, unfortunately, <laughs> but. Hey well this that's that's worth noting too because when this comes out didn't you say you're going to be on a beach in in Florida when this gets published
1: actually when this when you guys are listening to this right now if you've just listened to it when it came out I'm posted up on the beach in Florida sipping on some coronas right now to be honest with you and
0: I'm <laughs> and I'm going to be back at work for the first time in like 10 months so that's kind of a, that's the irony I I've, I've, <laughs> I've been retired since March Right. You just retired. I'm
1: just now getting there. <laughs> now,
0: now we put the, we put, and I'm 38, so geez, man, you are just killing me. But <laughs> I love, I loved like just pouring my coffee slow.
1: Dude, just- I love that. I've actually never heard that like that. Like, obviously, I get it, but I've never heard that saying before. That, that hits a home. I'm a big coffee drinker. Yeah. And I 100% agree. Like, I'm usually, I was usually like a, you know, early morning gas station coffee guy. Yep. And now, I can enjoy my coffee. If it's a nice crisp morning, I can go sit out on my back porch and look out in the, you know, the sunrise and wow.
0: Those were things that when I got a couple of days off, like that. and We like, need to make that like a
1: catchphrase, dude. I drink my coffee I so my Oh my gosh, that's sick. And I then love-
0: like for me, like I, as people are seeing on YouTube, this is my, this is my full growth, right? <laughs> So if got I got some <laughs> catching up to do, bud, so, <laughs> if I, if I were to maybe attempt to grow a beard, and I'm trying to like grow my hair a little. So I'm going to be looking all sloppy for a couple of months. But <laughs> if I tried to grow a beard, I would look like someone that shouldn't be in schools. I mean, you can use your imagination. So I remember like every, I was going <laughs> to say something, but I can't <laughs> say it. Every, <laughs> On the show, every summer, no. every summer I'd be like, this is the summer. I'm just going to let it go i'm just gonna let it grow <laughs> and then get to like fourth of july and my friends are like dude you're not allowed to come over like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you're not allowed to come over looking like that so oh, but man. i still want to know my other question what's the most amount of days that you've had off in a row zero like even like weekends like i mean like what you never took i mean a... i've
1: only i've only been off since you know i would started no no last but i'm saying Friday. like
0: while you were working what was the longest like vacation that you ever took? Where oh, uh, well, oh oh oh, yeah, got it. like because I know that like people with the traditional nine to five, one of my friends are like, oh man, just got a promotion. They up me to four weeks paid vacation, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I have twenty six paid weeks, so uh, four sounds miserable. I get two just for Christmas. <laughs> I get two. Oh, just- dude,
1: you're you're gonna die then when I tell you this. So what I would get in vacation days per year, the most I've ever gotten was twelve days.
0: And were you allowed to take them in a row?
1: No. I mean, I probably could have, but they would not have liked that at all. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, and, and people who listen who are in the construction industry, they're going to get this. Yeah, It's a very stressful, nonstop, every day you're putting out a fire. So, I mean, you can't really afford to be gone that long. And that, that's something that frees up so much time for me too, which in stress is – that's a whole other reason I gained weight is just because of how much stress I had at my jobs, you know, my construction job. It's just – it was insane, but 12 days for the whole year, vacation days is what I could get. I probably the longest vacation, maybe it was just like, you know, a week, five working days plus the weekends. Yeah. I mean, it's seriously, man. And that was, that's, and that was even in my engineering firm whenever I was at, uh, when I graduated college. So the same thing, I, I got like two weeks vacation there.
0: And I think that that's another great point to like and that's so mind-blowing to me and it's kind of like why we're in different positions where you're 29 and you just you just went for it and you're ready. I'm 38 and I don't really need to leave teaching. Like I'm right. pretty set and my job is has its stresses, it has its ups and it has its downs, but I'm still in a position where I love my freaking job. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be something that like we're going to talk about and you know, yes. you're, you're saying you, you brought up these stresses and there's definitely people listening that have those exact same stress. And I think the goal of this, this project that we're doing, whatever you want to call it, is to take people along and give people those more detailed looks at the steps along our way. My personal finance journey is really only like three years old and yours is essentially the same when you got really focused on YouTube. But right. I think it's going to be great to show people that a, I consider I'm financially independent. I, I can leave my teaching job tomorrow and I'd be okay. I could probably live off my investments and what I know. Mm-hmm. I've always been able to make money, but I'm not. Cause I love it. And I think you can be retired. Like right now I work harder on YouTube and things like that than I do in my teaching job. And I hope my principal is not listening, but it's, <laughs> it's more because I've been doing it for 15, 16 years right. and it kind of it's so natural to me. Teaching is, and people tell me all the time on the channel, like you sound like I have a teacher voice, like people can sense that about me. So I love it. So I'm pumped to get people on and we have some incredible, incredible people lined up already. People people calling us like, Hey man, congrats. I can't, can I get on the show? And I'm like, do you know who you are? Like, like when are you available? And I mean, people like that. And then, we also have people that not a lot of people know about, but they really, really should.
1: Huge stories, man, coming up. It's I'm honestly so excited for what this podcast has in store for everyone. I hope everyone gets value out of every single episode. I mean, honestly, some of the different things we're going to be diving into. And Brad, you can add on to this if I miss something. I mean, we're going to be talking about paying off debt debt strategies, we're going to be mentioning investing strategies, stock market, real estate investing, entrepreneurship. Now that I'm kind of taking on that role, we're going to have other entrepreneurs come on the show. I mean, there's just going to be a long list of different ideas and topics that's going to be really f- all focused in on finance and becoming better with your money. I mean, honestly, it stems back to our the naming of the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're two average dudes talking about money, average money. With above average dreams, and I can't wait to see where it goes, and I can't wait to hear and talk to all the guests that we're going to have on the show. It's going to be amazing. We
0: we talk so much about how this project is really a labor of love because we have our other focuses, and this really is us just shooting it back and forth. And it's it, no, yeah, we, we I can't say it enough, and all those things, and. We compliment our, each other very well. I mean, I, I remember talking to you when you were like, Brad, real estate, real estate. I'm like, never. Real estate, <laughs> yep. JJ, yep. I'm an index fund investor. And now I'm flipping <laughs> a house with John Scholler yeah. and my hair's on fire. So it's like, Eat I. Future guest, by the way. And, oh, yeah, John Scholler, definitely. But I mean, you know, I've owned businesses before and like we compliment, we compliment each other so well. And I think that we'll be able to hit. Not only just men, but women, children. Like, mm-hmm. we have a 10 yes. year age gap. Like, you're much cooler and hipper than me. I'm, I don't know I'm, about that, bud. dude. I'm getting ready to invest in bonds. That's how old I'm
1: getting. Okay, that's pretty old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's really, and I think it's, it's, it's going to go on for forever. I think this is going to be something that we're going to do, and mm-hmm. we're definitely going to piggyback off the support that we're going to get from the community listening. I know that you had mentioned to me and you might want to talk about it. We're going to give the listeners an opportunity to get in touch with us on, on a personal basis and, and have an opportunity for us to get on and answer direct questions. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So some of the, some of the future episodes we're going to do, so not all of these podcasts are going to have guests, so some of the future episodes we're going to do is we're actually going to be taking real, not not real time, but recorded voicemails of listeners like you guys listening right now. You'll be able to call in if you have a financial question, an investing question, whatever it may be. And then Brad and I are going to give our perspectives, our opinions on your question. And here's the cool thing about this. Brad and I mesh so well, but we also have different opinion on opinions on things. and I think that's very important and very healthy when you're making a decision to hear two different perspectives from someone who, you know like let's go back to your example, someone who may be a sole and index fund investor versus someone who is a little bit of both index fund, real estate stocks, whatever it may be. and it's it's just going to be good to hear the different opinions from both of us and to be able to answer and listen to real time, Listeners, I think that's going to be huge, exciting, and I can't wait to hear what all type of questions you guys have out there for us. Dude,
0: if you had a nickel for every time you've told me "I told you so," <laughs> you would you have retire, retired months ago. And yeah, no, it gets back to like the the interactions that we've had and the the community that we've built. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that I consider very, very good friends that I I truly have never even met before and like I said I think th- th- this is a a way to just come on and do that and even meet more people outside of our you know YouTube is our safety space this is completely right. new and and going for us and we're going to make sure that this is streamed on everything I've been doing a ton of research you've been doing a ton of research we are going to make this as much interactive with the community. I think that's going to be a major, major focus for us because, like I said, this is going to be our labor of love, and the people that we meet are the ones that motivate us and the ones that drive us to succeed. And there's nothing better than getting a good comment or getting somebody that asks you a really, really intelligent question that you know that makes the, you think that yeah, and that you know the answer to. And what some things that, like that you overlook, but then you think back a couple years ago and you're like, man, that guy was exactly where I'm at and I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to help him and steer him in the right direction. Not even his financial advice, but just person advice, average person advice. Yep. And I think that's going to be great. So definitely look for us on all of the streams that you can stream, Apple, Spotify. Uh, Anywhere
1: you can listen to a yep. podcast.
0: And please leave a review. That's gonna really, really help um, those particular platforms. If you if you like the content, if you if you have any constructive criticism, I, we're on YouTubers, so I think we can take constructive criticism. We can
1: take it. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. So I do want to touch on that real quick, Go Brad. Yeah. The reviews are so important to us. Not only does it help the podcast, but it helps us reach other people who may not be able to or who who may not just or may just be interested interested in the finance space. So leaving that review. Is very important and will help out the podcast big time. So if you guys did get any value from this episode or future episodes, please, please, please leave a review.
0: Yeah, and we're also going to be hitting all the social media platforms. We're posting pictures and videos uh, at the handles at Average Money Podcast. We're on Twitter. We'll post some stuff over there, maybe some funny quotes that we get from here and there, and that's at Average Money. And then on YouTube, we're going to post both the live – I think our goal is to post the whole live form and then as well as some clips, what we call Amp Clips.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I think we're going to have a separate channel for the clips. I think Amped Clips – or amp clips, however we want to do it. Um, I think we're going to have a totally separate channel for just the clips portion, pull some, like, you know, uh, the most important aspects of every episode, throw them out into that channel. And then we'll have the full, you know, the full on podcast on the just regular average money YouTube channel. That way, if you're driving down the road and you want to watch us, we're going to be in video format as well. So you guys can see Brad and I and our guest on the channel talking to each other Drinking the brewskis, you know, doing whatever. You can see
0: my mullet in the beer. On the beer <laughs> yeah, end.
1: exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, guys, I, I'm really, f- I'm really looking forward to see what the future holds. I'm um, really looking forward to meeting some amazing people in this whole finance space, from investing stocks, real estate, entrepreneurship, the fire movement, which I cannot wait to talk about because that's one of the honestly the most passionate things I have going forward, and uh, it's it's gonna be huge. I'm excited.
0: Right on, man. And I thank you, JJ, for taking the time to start this with me. Like I said, I was I was the fun forcer here. I, and I, when JJ finally said he texted me, he's like, "Brad, you know what? Let's do it." What, what I responded, with, like, "Hey, don't don't you mess with me now, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't you mess with me." But uh, thanks again. I guess we'll say we'll sign off. We'll say uh, we'll we'll see you next week. I hope we'll make your next Monday commute even a little bit better. Right? Yes, sir.
1: All right, guys. Take care. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it.